Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Football, energy drinks, beer, more football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Final hour here on Bink at Night, 610sportsradio, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, however you choose to listen. We appreciate you. Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez. If you want to weigh in on anything we talk about, phone line, J Southland, tow service text line, same number, 913-576-7610. So Kansas Final Four, right, Julio? No. <laughs> National Championship. National? Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I insulted it's your, amateur your allegiance here. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ochai Baji, NBA Rookie of the Year next year, right? It's Abaji. Abaji? Okay, I've been saying his name wrong. And he's national champ. He's, he's national player of he's the year. He's going to be national player of the year, and That's then right. he's going to win Rookie of the Year That's in the right. NBA, right? That's what I'm told. Insider information tells me this. You probably have the same insider information every KU fan has, which is just an anonymous KU source. <laughs> Their KU bias. An anonymous source. <laughs> Their KU bias. Can't divulge that information. So, yeah, this was a, a big news week for sports. It usually is not a big news week. Um, generally, we got spring training going on this time of uh, of year. Uh, I know the guys in the drive are usually nice because it's a pretty nice little vacation they get. They don't have to work very many days. Usually, we got Royals games here going on in the afternoons. That's the entire baseball season for them. No, it's not the entire. I mean, like they they might get like one game off, one day off a week because uh, the matinee games. Still pretty damn good. That is nice. You know, four day week, right? Of doing a four hour show. Yeah, it's pretty nice. But like they usually this time of year, you know, they might have one full show a week, maybe two. So it's pretty nice for them. We usually have Steve Stewart, Steve Fiziak. Denny Matthews for some games, Ryan Lefevre doing games, 
Like, that's basically the extent of what's going on. In early March, you'll have some franchise tag action like we've had earlier this week. But there's generally not a ton of news. But this week has been, there's been so much going on. So much in the way of major hit stories. Just Calvin Ridley at the beginning of the week. And then you got the Aaron Rodgers news. He's coming back. And then you got the MLB lockout ending finally. So we can get some Royals baseball here on the 610 Sports Radio. Your home of the Royals. I, I felt I had to I had to make that pitch. I had to, solid I had to plug. That, I made that plug there. It's a solid plug. Spag is like, you got to get that one in. But... Suck up. <laughs> not, I'm the opposite of that. Total pandering. Not at all. I, I've been making fun of Duke all week, so he didn't like well, that. Was I guarantee with fire you. On yeah. the, <laughs> he was playing with fire with that one. I was making fun of Duke on Sunday, man. It felt good. Good way to not good. have as many, uh, not get your showtime here. <laughs> so, but like the big news that affects us here in Kansas City, besides baseball lockout ending, was them trades that we saw our AFC Rivals. I wouldn't even call the Chargers really a rival. Yeah, you mean NFL news dominated? Yeah, but is that what you're saying? it's mainly. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because we actually talked about this during the break that those trades over are overshadowing anything that's happening in free agency right now for baseball. Like you've got Freddie Freeman. There's like five teams, five major teams trying to get his services. There was like a thing that broke uh, during the break that like, the Dodgers are trying to have made an offer to Freddie Freeman because it's like the Braves and the Yankees. And it's like, oh, well, the Dodgers are in now. You know, a challenger has entered the arena. And then there's like this Japanese outfielder, Seiya Suzuki, who has like five teams trying to get his services too. Like there's all this news out here and it's like, eh. it's So we've been talking, granted, this is a little closer to home, right, with the whole Russell Wilson thing, yeah, like those kinds of trades. But like we said, like we were talking off air, if Mike Trout were were to get traded to the White Sox on Monday, by Tuesday we'd be about done having that conversation. We'd be we'd talk again about the AFC West and Russell Wilson and the draft. Exactly. Like if if Mike Trout got traded to the White Sox, or if let's say that. The Raiders traded and got Joe Burrow. Like, for some reason, the Bengals general manager just, like, Monstars lost his general manager skills, kind of like the, the you know, Charles Barkley did in, in Space Jam. And all of a sudden was just like, oh, well, I, got, I think I'll trade for Derek Carr and I'll give him Joe Burrow. Like, that would, like, be way bigger than Mike Trout being traded. Like, way bigger. And Burrow's not even not even close to being the best quarterback in the NFL. But Mike Trout, who is, I think, the best quarter, best player in baseball being traded, wouldn't be as big as Joe Burrow being traded. Like, that's the situation we're in as far as baseball in the NFL goes. Well, the, the Khalil Mack news is probably the same as, like, a Mike Trout, yeah. which should not be the case. No, or Russell Wilson, too. Like, Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson is, we already know that's yeah. the case. Yeah, but Khalil Mack is huge. Yeah. All over. I just, you know, I'm sitting there working and I I looked at my phone because I've got all the NFL guys on, notifi- you know, on Twitter notifications. So I know when some news breaks and I'm looking over and I'm seeing chargers. Oh, chargers. I'm like, no, please. No, <laughs> no. And I see Khalil Mack. I was like, oh, no. Well, and, and to be fair, right. The Royals aren't 
competitive the same way that the Chiefs are, right? right. And, and being dominant in their sport. So, yes, inherently we're going to have a care a little bit less of as far as like what goes on in the division for for the Royals because they're not as competitive. But but still, uh, getting a player like Mike Trout, who is the best player in the game, and trading him in division to a Royals competitor and to talk about it for maybe a day or two and then just be moving on. I mean, that's this, that's exactly where baseball's at. Yeah. And so it was really interesting seeing how basically all the sports news converged and the NFL still took precedent. It's still taking precedent. F5 tornado. Yeah. Like right now, like the biggest news that happened today was Deshaun Watson being cleared of charges by the Houston police in the sexual assault situation that he had going on. That was the biggest news today in sports. It was not... Oh, well, who, where Freddie, where's Freddie Freeman going to go? Oh, Clayton Kershaw just re-signed with the Dodgers for one year. No, it's Deshaun Watson's probably going to be traded now. It's like the biggest news. And like that isn't a good sign for Major League Baseball that has become so niche that this hot free agency market is being overshadowed by a quarterback potentially being traded that has a bunch of accusations of sexual assault going around. Like that's the biggest news. And that's not good for Major League Baseball. But I want to get into how this affects the Kansas City Chiefs. Because I feel like a lot of people are looking at this situation. And they're like, "Eh, doesn't mean anything. Kansas City Chiefs are all right. They're good. It's okay. You know, the... Chiefs are still going to win this division, no problem. And I understand that sentiment because you got Patrick. We got Patrick Mahomes, our starting quarterback. And I'll tell you this, even I, and I'm still confident. And I understand that bravado because when you got the best quarterback, best player in his position, at the most important position in sports, on your team is a certain level of invulnerability you feel. But... We cannot all of a sudden just think that the Chiefs are untouchable just because you got Patrick Mahomes. Because this ain't the cakewalk of a division like it was the last few years. You guys, if you were listening last hour, I played a clip from Kevin Wilds from First First Things First on FS1. And he talked about all of these Great quarterbacks in the NFL and NFL's history generally have not had a ton in the way of competition in their division. They generally are able to just dominate their division and then the competition happens when they get to the playoffs. The Chiefs are going to be playing playoff-like games in their division for the foreseeable future. They're going to be playing some important-ass games. Because the worst quarterback in your division right now is Derek Carr. That's it. Derek Carr is mediocre as hell. Derek Carr, is pro- he probably would be the second best quarterback in like half the divisions of football. The second best. And in the AFC South, he'd probably be the best quarterback. Because I'd take him over Ryan Tannehill in a heartbeat. Take him over Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't even know who the hell the Colts are going to have at their quarterback since they just traded Carson Wentz. They think they're going to be able to possibly get Jimmy Garoppolo but I, I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is as good as people think he is. Like, I mean, look, 
this this division is stacked right now. When a mediocre ass quarterback is the worst quarterback in your division, Aaron Rodgers didn't have to deal with that. Drew Brees' best quarterback competition he had was the one MVP year of Cam Newton and the one MVP year of Matt Ryan. And the rest of the time they were there, they were up and down. We haven't seen a division with the kind of firepower at quarterback that the AFC West has now. That don't mean we need to be scared, but we got to put some respect on those other teams' names. The Raiders probably not going to be in the same boat that the Broncos and and the Chargers are in because they got Derek Carr. But the Chargers... We saw it this year. Going to be a problem. They had a hell of a matchup at the SoFi, at SoFi Stadium in that, in that second game that they played against each other. Hell of a matchup. Felt like a playoff game. Came down to overtime. Travis Kelsey had to make an amazing play in order for them to win that game. And then you look at Denver. Denver's played the Chiefs very well. Chiefs offense very, very well the last few years. Easily the best team to perform against the Kansas City Chiefs offense in the time that Patrick Mahomes has been the starter here. Really, really hard for us to just go out here and discount what he can do, for what this team can do when that defense has played so well against our Chiefs offense. So we cannot just assume that things will just be easy like they've been. I don't mean that we... Can't be confident in this team, but I don't want anybody out here bloviating, acting like this Chiefs team is just going to be fine like they've been the last few years. Big word for you. Yeah, it was. I, had, I, had a, I, was I almost cursed. All right. <laughs> you know how hard it is sometimes <laughs> to not drop an F-bomb or an S-bomb on the I air? mean, I didn't mean to sidetrack you, but I'm just I'm saying. Uh, no, I, it's a tough one for Seriously, you. when I'm, like, writing these topics and, like, coming out of my head, I have to edit out the curse words. Well, I appreciate that from my end. I mean, I appreciate I mean, I'm the one. I got a dump button right here, so, you know, you're good. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure Spec appreciates that, and... I'm sure the, the market manager here appreciates that. Kids, the kids appreciate that. I don't think very many kids listen to us. You never know. I don't. I mean, there's probably some 12-year-olds that are hardcore sports fans that listen to us. But I don't know if you're listening at 816 at night instead of watching, like, college basketball. Or Should be. This replay of the Falcons and Patriots Super Bowl. Just, I mean, there's no better place to be than right here with us. Yeah, I appreciate it. We, we appreciate y'all listening to us. But as I was saying before I sidetracked by Julio. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I we shouldn't be 100% confident that this Kansas City Chiefs team is just going to keep rolling in the AFC West because that is hard. It is hard to dominate a division when you've got so many other quarterbacks like Herbert and Wilson playing in your same division and no quarterback has had the kind of competition that the Chiefs are going to have in their division this year. So Let's not take that for granted. Coming up next, I'll tell you who the real winners are in the NBA, in the Major League Baseball lockout. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
back in here on Big at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app. Christian O'Sara, Julio Sanchez, if you missed any of the first two hours, if you're, you missed my declaration of not watching the Final Four for college basketball. Yeah, and the punishment that's going to ensue. You didn't, you didn't even, you haven't even come up with it. I'm going to let you stew I on you, it. I'm going to let you stew on it. But if you missed any of that podcast page, address. 610, I'm not doing that. 610sports.com. The uh, the Odyssey app as well. Tiara. I look good. I got nice hair. I got that good hair right now. So maybe I'll make you eat something gross or hot. No, I don't. You no, can't the do possibilities hot. Possibilities are endless. We can't do hot. Oh, well, we can do it. I might not. My girlfriend I'll wouldn't like if I milk. if I passed away because I ate something too spicy. I'll bring you some milk. <laughs> like I help that much. So. Major League Baseball and the Players Association finally came to a deal yesterday to end this stupid lockout. New CBA ratified last night. Free agency started today. A lot of big deals coming out there. I mean, big for baseball deals coming out. We've talked about this last segment that, like, I mean, if 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 Mike Trout got traded and, you know, Joe Burrow got traded, Joe Burrow being traded would be a much bigger deal to the audience here in Kansas City. If he got like if, if Mike Trout got traded to the White Sox or to the Tigers, it still wouldn't be as big. You as, don't even have to use a nonsensical NFL trade. Just use the one that happened this past week. Russell Wilson. Cleo that would Mack. be way either one of those, those are, are still are way bigger news. Much bigger. Much, much and bigger. And will last a lot longer during the media cycle than a Mike Trout trade. Shohei Otani gets traded to the Mets. We're not talking about that. No. <laughs> We're not. The no. spec would tackle us if we came on the air. He would drive up here and tackle us if we spent 15 minutes talking about Shohei Otani's trade. <laughs> trade to the Mets. We, he, would, he, would, he would call me in the middle of the segment and say, talk about something else. Like that's how that's how uninteresting it would be. That's, but that's the position that's that baseball. baseball is that's in baseball. right now. So, yeah, spring training, it, it it starts today. The games, I think, start on the 17th. So, you know, we're going to we're obviously going to have some Royals games here on 610 Sports Radio for you baseball fanatics, Royals fanatics. Free agency obviously has started already since the CBA has been ratified. There are actually some reports that kind of came out that there was a little bit of dissension there in the players union, which the players union rep denied. I mean, look, there probably were players that didn't want to ratify that CBA. That's just kind of comes with the territory. If Can't you make at, any, everyone happy. Exactly. And if people you, especially. If you look at the last NBA, I mean, uh, in, NFL CBA that was ratified, I believe only 52% of players voted to, to ratify it. So, you know, a lot of times this stuff can be pretty contentious. There's some players that want more money, better benefits, et cetera. So there's going to be some some disagreement there. Playoffs, 12 teams now. National League is going to be adopting the double, uh, the the designated hitter. I was about to say double hitter. I put DH on the rundown, so usually that's double hitter. But the designated hitter. There is double hitter news. There is. Then the CBT, the luxury tax, uh, the competitive balance tax, but we call it a luxury tax, now starts at 230 all the way, goes all the way up to 244. Opening day will be April 7th. So, and they, and they, Rob Manfred did say, 
162 games. So all that BS that they were blowing out about canceling games done. It, it meant nothing like everyone thought it did. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that I, I talked about this Monday with Dusty when he filled in here on being at night, the major league baseball owners never intended to faithfully negotiate with the players. They never intended to do that. This was never, this was about winning. This was not about coming to an agreement. It was not about compromise. It was about winning. That's all they cared about, which they didn't. And they, and they didn't win. You look at some of the things that we saw the that, that we saw them come to an agreement on. They took some L's. They took some L's. They they were trying to fight against raising the minimum salary. They raised the minimum salary. They were trying to fight against uh, anything that would disallow teams or punish teams for engaging in service time manipulation. They gave up on that. They they now are punishing teams. With, you know, with draft pick punishments for service time manipulation. They tried their best to try, you know, to, to keep allowing teams to option players as many times as they want during a season, uh, you know, within the bounds of their contract. Now there's limits to that. There's, they, they've tried to fight against the luxury tax being raised uh, from, you know, a, from being more than 220 million. They settled at 230 million. Like all those things that they acted like we're not going to budge on. They even said that they were going to cancel games and these games are done. They're not coming back. You they know agreed what? to bring them back. You know what they did succeed at? What they did win, making themselves look worse than they did before. Oh, yeah. And still taking all of these L's in the negotiations. Like you might as well have just made yourselves look better and agreed to this weeks ago and not gone through all of this. Cause now you just made yourself look worse and you still lost pretty much the, the entirety of this agreement. Like, yeah. Cause dumb. Here's the thing that, that they missed out. Manfred they miscalculated. Failed. <laughs> he failed bad. Here's the thing that they miscalculated. They thought that guys like me, guys like you, Julio guys, you know, guys and girls, like anybody listening to the show right now, they thought that us, that we would be pissed about the lockout. They thought that we'd be, because you know how it is with football. If there's a football lockout, oh, there's a riot. anarchy happens. There's a riot. Chaos happens. People will be outside Arrowhead picketing them like, no, we want our football. People would be pissed if September 15th rolls around. I think that's when the, the first NFL Sunday is 15th. Maybe it's the 17th. But people will be pissed if that first Sunday that NFL game is supposed to happen and ain't no damn NFL games. Ain't no Scott Hansen like, oh, seven hours of commercial-free football. Like, we'd be pissed. I would be very angry to be depraved of my seven hours of commercial-free football. So, y'all better get this done. If y'all the, the NFL PA, the NFL, y'all better get it done. But for Major League Baseball, we want less games. We're talking about, well, what I, what I want if they cut it down to 140 or 120 or even 100. Which they'll never do any of that. But but they but that's the thing, though, is like they were willing to sacrifice games to try to win the CBA. So they kind of made it seem like it's not that bad to cancel games. Hell, I, I, I read about this last week when I was like doing a deep dive on this stuff. You know that 
most of these teams have it in their television contracts that they don't have to reimburse the television networks for rights fees paid out for television until they miss 25 games or more. So the owners basically didn't even have an incentive to agree to a CBA for almost the entire first month of the season if they didn't want to. Because many of these teams don't really benefit very much from having the stadium open in April when it's still kind of cold in a lot of places and there's still weather situations that prevent people from wanting to go to games. I know sometimes in April it'd be cold as hell at, at Kaufman. You know, I went to a game in late April last year at Kaufman and I was, I was out there freezing my ass off. It was the first time I'd been to the stadium in a couple years, and I was out there like, oh, it's, it's a little cold here at Kaufman. And, there's a, and it was not that many people at that game. Like, there's a lot of incentive for people to just watch the games at home. So there's a lot of teams that are like, eh, you know, we can take a loss in April. So it kind of behooved the teams for them to try to just sit this one out this first month. And now they realize, okay, We're taking some L's because we can't win the culture war now. We can't. There's not people out here on social media yelling at players, hey, just agree to the deal so we can get baseball back. Most of these people are like, I'm just mad at baseball. Or, "Eh, I mean, I guess I'll just pay attention to college basketball. Or I'll pay attention to NFL free agency. Or, you know, franchise tag talk. Or I guess I'll just check out mock draft coverage from Kuyper and McShay. Like, we're not sitting around here mulling over. Like, we're not sitting here talking around about, like, baseball free agent signings that could happen. We were sitting there like, oh, nothing's changed with the lockout. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk more Chiefs. Let's maybe talk a little college basketball. But we're not talking. Like, CDOT, his baseball stuff the last week was the get to know your Royals broadcaster series where he talked to all the Royals broadcasters. Excellent, by the way. It was excellent. It was great yeah. radio. But, like, that's what he did. He wasn't talking about, all oh, the players just need to agree to a deal. He found a new way to talk baseball without actually talking baseball. Like, that is what we did. We adjusted and we just were baseball adjacent without actually talking about baseball, without actually talking about anything that happened on the field. And when the owners realized that, they were like, huh, took an L on this one. Guess we got to agree. And all of a sudden, Sunday, they started actually negotiating in good faith because they spent a month and a half after they locked the players out not talking to them at all. They didn't talk to them at all. They didn't answer their phone calls at all. Like, I know that if I was supposed to come to a deal with someone and they didn't answer my phone calls for a month and a half, I'm like, I guess they don't want to get a deal done. So... The owners tried to stronghand the players, and the players are like, no, nah, we're not, we not having it. We're going to play your game, and we'll see how you like it. The owners realized they couldn't win because the players did a good job of organizing on social media, getting their, their message out there. And there were a lot of good, like Ken Rosenthal, Andy McCullough, like a lot of good reporters out there, Jeff Passan, talking about the various things that have been negotiated on in, this, in, the, in the, uh, the labor negotiations. Great stuff. Like, Athletic was really good. ESPN was really good on it. Um, And a lot more people were informed about the issues. And it's like, okay, yeah, I understand why the players ain't agreeing to a CBA. So I think that's why they agreed to, to this, to end the lockout. And it just goes to show you that 
right now the owners are out of touch with what the fans want, and the players are were very smart for holding their ground. Coming up next, I tell you why college basketball is kind of falling from the graces. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app. Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez here. So I talked about this last hour. Julio got on my case about this. <laughs> about how my interest in college basketball has just plummeted the last... I mean, to be honest, I think I started kind of losing my interest in it maybe... Uh, like four or five years ago. Yeah, probably about four or five years ago. And somebody in the text line like made made a good point here about how the quality of college basketball has kind of dropped pretty significantly in the last few years. And it isn't specifically just like the quality of the game. It is, I and, and it's something that I, I've been kind of thinking about here for the last month or so. Because I've been trying to figure out like, why am I not that interested in college basketball as much as I used to? Like, I used to be, like, I tell you this. I started watching college basketball in 97. And I was huge. I was so into it. Just any game that was on television during the winter, I was watching. Like, I remember when I was in college, you know, wintertime, I'm watching any of the matchups on ESPN. You know, ESPN is with college basketball just all day on Saturday. It's literally just wall-to-wall coverage all the time. Monday night, wall-to-wall coverage. Tuesday night, same deal. I mean, it's just full of it. And I was really kind of thinking about how I grew up watching the game. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the game has changed so much because it used to be that if you wanted to be a star in the NBA, you had to start off by being a star at the collegiate level. You had to work your way up. A lot of the, I mean, it was very rare that you would see guys go to college be great immediately, and then very quickly go to the pros. Generally, it was go to college, stay there for a few years. Maybe you leave after your sophomore, junior year, go pro, you're good to go. But that's changed. Now these teams have become much better at identifying the physical attributes that could make you a very good player down the road. So now you've got guys like Eric Bledsoe or Devin Booker who are backups in college for one year, and they're getting drafted into the NBA and turning into pretty damn good players. You know, Eric Bledsoe was a pretty damn good point guard for a few years. 
Devin Booker, one of the best shooting guards in the NBA right now. Like, you have a situation where these guys, they were basically what Matt Castle was at USC. He was a backup. Didn't start in college. Didn't, hadn't started since he played in high school. And then he goes, gets drafted into the NFL and ends up getting a starting job with the Patriots by accident because of Tom Brady's uh, knee injury from uh, from Pollard. And then, um, you know, he becomes a starter for the Chiefs for three years. Like, that's the situation that you had. And it really just shows that the game has has changed so much now. Where now these kids basically know if they're good enough to go play in the NBA before they even go play in college. They've already got people at the AAU level telling them, okay, you're good to go. You're, you can play in the NBA. Just go do your one year at Duke or whatever, and then you'll get drafted in the lottery of the first round as long as you go out there and show you can shoot jumpers. And like that's what a lot of these guys do now. Like DeAndre Ayton, who plays for the Suns, their center, that's all he did at Arizona. He would just... You know, back up into the post, hit hooks, and shoot three-point shots. That's all he did at Arizona. He wasn't like a great team player. He wasn't always killing it on the pick and roll. He literally was just shooting threes, and he would get the ball in the post and just do jump hooks. That's all he did because that's all he cared to do. He was trying to go number one overall. He wasn't trying to go out there and put on his best effort so the team could win. He's just trying to get drafted. And that's how a lot of these players are now. A lot of these players are not – playing for a system. And like even now the best coaches like Mike Shashevsky who's you know, going to retire this year. Um like uh like uh John Calipari. Like those guys tailor their system more towards an NBA style now. Well, we're just going to put our star player in position to go out there and be a star the way they would if they were in the NBA. And that's what happens now. These guys are not sitting around and trying to learn the system as much because they're not going to be around. Like, if you know you're going to go in the lottery, why do you care what the coach's system is? Because that coach's system is probably not going to be in the NBA. So most of these guys are learning how to play NBA ball before they even go to college. I remember when I was in in high school, I was going to Ruskin, um, we – like, our basketball team was was really good. Like, they were contenders to win state every year. They actually won state my junior year. And I remember they always played in this tournament down in Neosho, Missouri, the holiday tournament down there. And every now and then, you would see these teams just come out of nowhere. And they've got, like, they look like college teams. They were high school teams. Like, I remember... Down in the Osho, the I think it was the year we, the year we won state. Um, we played this school called Cypress Cypress Christian Academy. That was a school down in Houston, and they just had all kinds of players who looked like they probably could play. Who like size wise looked like they were NBA players. Like they had a seven foot dude at the high school level, and that dude was good. And then they had, like, another power forward who looked like he was, like, 6'7", 6'8". Mind you, our tallest player on our team, our center, was 6'6". And he was the only guy that was above 6'4". Like, they had, they had like, like an almost NBA-sized team. We beat them, but they were, like, from a size standpoint, 
they were high level. They had some athletes on that squad. And that's actually the school that Hashim Tabit went to, the great center for uh, UConn, who didn't really make it in the NBA. Like, Tabit went to that school and actually graduated. I think he graduated the year before. Uh, the year before. And I think we actually, we, he might have played in that tournament, I think, the year before. But he was dominant in college. And he was playing at schools like that that basically just bring in kids they think they can, they can go play in the pros in the future. You know, we were playing all kinds of schools from around the country that had these kids that were just playing AAU ball. They get brought in out of nowhere. Bam. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you know Willie Reed, uh, Julio. You remember he's from Kansas City, played in the NBA for a little while. Um, no he, clue. Yeah. Well, he went to my middle school. <laughs> he's, he's actually a good, a pretty decent power forward in the NBA. He went to my he went to my middle school and my high school for a year before he went over to Bishop Meage. And he he played for like the Kings, the Heat, a bunch of different teams. But like he basically got he went over to Meage, which is a school that's well known for bringing in a lot of talent from around the metro to go play for them in various sports. I mean, hell, we had we had people on uh you know, their coach was like trying to recruit when me, Ron and and uh what's his name? Uh Bink were doing the high school football show. Like they were like trying to recruit on the air when we were interviewing them. Like that's a school like Grunhard used to coach there for football. Like that school is like well known for being dominant at sports. And this kid that was in my district went to my middle school and was at my high school was really tall kid. All of a sudden, bam, you know, playing for Bishop Meage. And then he ends up playing college ball. Then he plays in the NBA. Like these schools, they just go out there and they find kids that are incredibly athletically gifted and they just bring them in and teach them not how to play college ball, but they're like, okay, we're going to go out there and have you play NBA style ball. And that's what college is missing. You've got all these kids that are basically learning NBA style play before they even go play college when they're still in high school, they're playing AAU ball. They're playing against a a bunch of other kids that are, probably talented enough to potentially play in the NBA in the future. And they're like, okay, this kid is going to be a product of our system. And he's going to be a pro at some point, And we're going to teach him how to be that way. It doesn't really benefit them to stay in college. And so now you've got kids who they're not going to the, all the top programs. You got kids going to Auburn, Georgia, LSU. They're the only great player on that team. Only player that's probably going to get drafted into the NBA. Maybe one of those other guys is like a late second round pick, just a camp body, plays in spring in, in the uh, in the summer league and doesn't play in the NBA. Maybe they go play for like the one of the G League teams, you know, the Fort Wayne Fire Ants, I think, or something like that. You know, the the Raptors G League team, something like that. You know, they're not they're not playing for any of the real NBA teams. They're probably just going to be a camp body. Like, those are the kind of guys that most of these guys are playing with. And they're like, if I go play at a team where I know I'm going to get my touches, I know I'm going to be a star, that's going to help me go play in the NBA more than going and playing at Duke or Kansas or whatever. I think that's what the what the, the league is now. And because of that, I think it's kind of killed the quality of college basketball because, you know, you get kids like, Trey Young, who are just way better than everybody that they're playing, they're they're playing with or against, and they're just like, yeah, hey, since I'm the only great player, I'm just gonna jack up threes. Buddy Heald, I'm just gonna jack up threes, and it gets them drafted into the NBA. But 
You don't have great teams because these this talent is more spread out now. I think that's probably why one of the big reasons why college basketball has lost a lot of interest in the last few years. Coming up next, me and Julio are going to talk about some of the rule changes that could potentially come to Major League Baseball as we close out the show. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. <laughs> Back in here, Binkin Knight. So painful to watch. Christian Ocero, Leo Sanchez, final few minutes here. I really don't want to side with you on this one, but they're ri- making it extremely Literally hard. all we did in the break was talk about how bad college basketball like, I, I, I just watched a, a guy in Virginia Tech airball an uncontested three-point shot dude and then miss a breakaway layup <laughs> this like, is just this is why miss it this is why i don't want to hear any anybody who says i don't want to side with you but this is anybody painful. who says that college basketball is a better product than the nba is lying I, to themselves i mean his shot didn't touch the net and it was uncontested i hate that like seriously it didn't even hit the net i hate uncontested that. three like seriously like here's and Bruh, we, come on. I, I said this during the break come on when I watch uh, NBA basketball and I see a guy wide open beyond the arc with, you know, taking a shot, I'm like, eh, he's going to make that. If I see a wide open guy take a three at the at, at, at the college basketball level, he's probably missing it. Like, he's probably going to bounce off the front of the rim and then somebody's going to have to go get the rebound. Like, seriously, I, I've watched enough college basketball, enough KU basketball to know that generally when someone gets a wide open three, they're missing that damn thing. And it's frustrating to watch. I know when someone's taking a contested mid-range jumper, they're probably missing it. But if I watch Kevin Durant take a contested mid-range jumper, he's hitting that damn thing. You know, if I watch Devin Booker or Chris Paul take a contested elbow jumper, they're hitting that damn thing. Well, if I watch, you know, Abaji, I think that's how you, is that how we, how we pronounce Abaji, Ochai's name? Abaji. Ochai like Abaji. If if Abaji takes a mid range three, I mean a, a mid range uh, jumper from the elbow that's contested, he's that thing's bouncing off the rim. It's gonna it's gonna we're talking about a, a rebound here that you're gonna have to go and fight for. That ain't going in, and that's the difference between college and the pros. Because right now we're watching guys just airball wide open threes and. That's not that hap- That rarely happens. We're almost halfway through the first half of this Virginia Tech North Carolina game, and it is nine. It is twelve. Twelve to nine. To nine. He just hit a re. He twelve just hit a, to nine. He just hit a free throw. Twelve to nine. My gosh, what an ugly game! And there are like it's funny because there are like games where like they're in the fifties or sixty. They're not. They, we're gonna be lucky if they get to twenty five each at halftime. I mean, this is. That's it, a, I mean, I, I seriously like it's not fun to watch. I, I love college football. And like one of the great things about college football is that there's usually a lot more offense than in the NFL, a lot more yards, a lot more points scored. Like you'll like you'll see like a great running back in college football. You know, they'll probably have a 200 go, 200 yard game or two in their yeah. in a great season. In the NFL, you rarely get 200 yard games ever. 
because defenses are so much better. Linebackers are better. Defensive linemen are better. They're faster, stronger. You know, you're not getting you're not getting like three twenty yard runs in a game unless you're just going against a horrifically bad run defense. The in the in the in, in the college football like. I mean, seriously, you look at some of these great running backs, they're always just ripping defenses to shreds. It's just amazing to me the the difference in the game. And so whenever I hear anyone say that, oh, college is better because they don't play any defense in the NBA, you're ignorant. You don't watch NBA basketball enough. There's It's such a better product. And it, yeah, it's kind of hard watching games. I where, don't want to like, side. I don't want to side with you. On I know. This, well, you don't want to side with me on anything. I'm still going to watch, but it's just. I know. I know. I know you're going to watch. What can I say? You know, I guess I'll probably turn on like the first couple rounds of the tournament. I'm not watching In the, the final, final four. four. I'm not watching the final four, especially because it's, it's going to be on a weekend. I'm about to watch. Spend my Saturday watching college basketball. No, you won't if you don't want ponytails. I won't. I got a. I got a ponytail now. Special thanks to Julio for doing all the hard work tonight. Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your Friday evening to listen to us. This is Chris Inocero here on 16 Sports Radio and 16sports.com. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.